So it's a new year. Uh, the year Turner has rolled on another number. I was trying to think. I was thinking, what the fuck's that thing? It's like a slot machine, like a bicycle lock. I, the analogy completely fell apart there. <laughs> Not that it had any sort of substance at all. Sorry, the what? It's, the the it's, bicycle lock. Yeah, you know those like you get those. It's a tumbler lock, is it? Where you have the little combination. Oh, and the, the combination you mean numbers, and that's that, just that's rolled all the way up to the nines, and now it's rolled over back to zero. No, I mean it's rolled over just by one more. Oh, in this right. Oh, so it is. It's accurately. You know it's accurately reading as as twenty twenty one. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I was I was gonna I was gonna go straight in with what I wanted to say, but I thought that was even a bit too cold and a bit callous. So, I, but actually trying to come in with some sort of metaphor that I hadn't really thought out properly until I'd clicked the record button. What that in, was a bad idea. It's so, what in, so the, we're not, in the business we call a callous open. Yeah, exactly. not a cold, not a cold open. This is the callous open. It's a callous open, is where you uh, open up your calluses that you've uh, you've spent so much time working on after playing guitar. <laughs> you sort of just open them up. Um, it's clearly been a while since you sat at the microphone. At least it's been. It feels like a long time since I have, because uh, we 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 somehow managed to get some Christmas special material out somehow. Yeah, I but, guess it's just because we we recorded the Christmas special and then split it into two. So we've basically had a. We've had a week, uh, <coughs> a week out, but it definitely feels like longer. I mean, I think uh, it does. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I thought we'd missed a. I thought we'd missed a week. I mean, maybe we're the only people missing it. If you, if you catch my drift. Oh, almost, <laughs> almost certainly. I mean, other than <laughs> us and us and the producer, I don't think anyone else is like feeling this way because they're just not listening. It's fine though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, we're not faking it. I think it's just what would we fake it is faking our success but then we don't even know how to measure that so <laughs> the success being the show is out so yeah. we can't fake that we can't fake a show but it's great I mean, be- it's such a low bar for entry as well it's just just to record it and get it out it doesn't even have to be good it's like hey the show's yeah, out that's, that's why that's why podcasts are so popular clearly because it's uh i mean apart from you know you can step up your gear a bit but uh yeah you just need you just need a microphone you need a recording thing you need. You probably need a friend. I think, like, I'm sure there are people who do podcasts on their own. Although, like, even then, they have they probably have a, a, a changing guest every time. I don't know. I, I feel I'd get really self conscious. I mean, I know I babble to myself half the time anyway, but it's not like a coherent hour expecting an audience to be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, I mean, one of my favorite. Well, my like favorite podcast um, is the solo one. I mean, it's the Blind Boy podcast. But Blind Boy is like he is inc- incredibly talented. So I think, um, yeah, he's he he has the he has the charisma and like the talent and the personality to be able to talk into a microphone uh, by by himself, uh, talking to an audience for over an hour. Um, but usually, I think he works really hard on like the the preparation as well. Though I think he, he tends to do a lot of storytelling and uh, research. And uh, some of the best episodes are when he gives you a little bit of a history lesson. So, yeah, not like us who just sort of switch it on and sort of fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, I was going to say, put it, yeah, put it, I'll put it another way, which is that neither of us could do it on our own. That's what we're saying, is that. I think we could, we... but it'd be shit. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. Uh, shit, one of us... Shitter. Shitter. I mean, I imagine what would happen is if we, if the producer said, let's try a solo episode each, they would both converge on the same consensus of pirates. And yeah, like everything sh- comes back to pirate. To the accidental chagrin of the 
producer that we've both organically on our own come up with pirates because when we're in the room we're probably both thinking in the room i mean the the virtual room yeah the virtual room the discord room exactly we better think like we're probably thinking i better not say anything about pirates because the other one other person in in this chat is probably going to remind me that we did have that big old conversation we're both thinking that so the sort of the game theory is that well we won't talk about it but if we're on our own you know like I, there's no rules <laughs> i have just got this image in my head of like yeah we both go off as an experiment to do two solo episodes and just like one of us for example me just being like hello everyone and welcome to this week's plopcast uh we're doing something slightly different this week uh so it's just me and i'm going to be keeping you company for uh an hour 15 uh and then it sort of jumps forward to 20 minutes later and i'm just like um so the Jolly Roger, uh, <laughs> the design uh, originated just not being able to stop myself from talking about pirates. Or well, even not even twenty minutes later, you're gonna go. I like I like your sort of drive time radio going. I'll be covering your uh, drive time radio whenever you put this on. That is your drive time radio. I'll be covering you for the next hour and fifteen minutes. Now Jack Rackham is a very unknown pirate unless you have played. And <laughs> just being like, oh god no. damn it, I've done it again. <laughs> Oh jeez, oh, no! I'll, I promise I'll talk about something else. I promise I'll talk about something else. So the golden age of piracy was roughly the late seventeenth century <laughs> to the early eighteenth. Ah, oh, I've done it again. Yeah. Uh, so, We're doing it now. Uh, Blackbeard. Not... Uh, he, he was he was a pirate, wasn't he? Oh yeah. damn! <laughs> that was come on. That was that was even more obvious than what we talked about. You know, like you're going in the more the pirate direction. We're talking about pirates now to illustrate yeah. the point. Or, do, or just be like, we'll talk pirates. about something else. Let's talk about, I don't know, inflation. Uh, okay, you've been to the supermarket. You know, maybe you're in the bakery section, you know, getting some bread, maybe getting a pie. You know, the high the high rates on these pies, the high pie rates, uh, you know, it's really, it does a number on your wallet. The uh, the, ra- the rate, the, the pie, the, the, the pie rates. Uh, oh, God. Also, oh, God. I was going to say something else. I was going to say, you, you pass the bakery... And then obviously you, you pass like all the fruit section. You make sure to pick up some like oranges, lemons, and limes to get vitamin C to avoid scurvy. <laughs> to avoid scurvy. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, pirates. Yeah, there we go. Secret. It's like our secret shame. Yeah, I mean we 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 didn't even say you go to the supermarket and you get some rum, then you get blackout drunk. Well, the, and watch parts of the Caribbean. Yeah, well, the the plop in in the title of Plopcast is the noise that someone makes when they fall into the water after you've made them walk the plank yeah i was gonna yeah i I knew you were going in that direction i was hoping you would say please say walk the plank please (laughs) say not just like the plop of or the plop of a cannonball that missed a boat yeah so um, many plops you're literally surrounded by water so or the plop of of the mop as it hits the poop deck you know (laughs) so welcome to welcome to pooped cast it's poop poop cast (laughs) plop cast yeah uh, come on, 20, 2021 can be a pirate-free year for us. I don't know about pirate-free. I mean, that's, I think that's a bit much. I don't know. I mean, we'll, maybe we'll do a sort of spin-off series where we... If we, any pirate material that we come up with in this series, we take out, we excise out, we put some, like, like government excised material, like some sort of sting in there to say that we've excised this material. And then you can go, oh, well, I wonder where that went. And then... You find there's a second series called Plop Cast Off, <laughs> something like that, or Plop Avast. T 
too something like too that. hot for the which uh, sounds too hot for the airwaves. People yeah, people exactly. think it'll this be is... uh, it'll be us like it'll be like uh, oh bonus episode for our patron Patreon members. Uh, <laughs> too too hot for the airwaves, and people might be like, oh this will be good. They'll they'll say lots of like juicy offensive stuff, and then they listen to it. And it's just all about pirates. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what is this? Why did we pay money for this? This epi- this is the pirate episode, and you're gonna go, oh, hello, is this like the this is like a leaked episode? Like, no, when we say pirates, we mean like buccaneers. That's what we mean. <laughs> Peg legs, uh, eye patches, yeah. you know the ones. The Spanish main. We they got the whole, they got the whole shebang. And maybe maybe we'll um when once this gets big, we'll probably have enough money to like to hire a yacht and have plop fest across <laughs> the Caribbean, and everyone has to dress up and talk like pirates. Well, maybe not talking, because I think that'll get really annoying after a while. Yeah, that's it. They have to. They have I'm to do sh- that. Oh, come on. Really? All right, come on. Like, All right, I'm, I'm, put, I'm drawing a line in the sand, the sand of the beach I'm dro- where the pirate ship yeah, is, I'm, is docked. I'm, draw- I'm, drawing, I'm drawing my treasure map in the sand to um, say yeah, no, you don't have to do the voice. That's it. Let's Come on, let's talk about something else. When you, when you were getting ready to record, okay. you sounded like you had something genuinely interesting to start. Well, I hope it is interesting, but it's the fact that it's it's a new year insert falling apart analogy about a tumbler lock and but my mum was asking me like well does this mean anything to you like and it is like on one hand it's like it is just a change of a date but on the other hand it is still a good time to kind of reflect and look forward now, i'm not to say saying come up with a new year's resolution because in a way new year's resolutions are designed to kind of fail and then make you upset because you might not necessarily have like it entirely planned out like unless you spent december kind of doing well what's using like the whoop method like what's the wish what's the outcome what are the obstacles and what's the plan like new year's resolutions we very rarely have that i have never heard of it's, the whoop the whoop method it's it's in a it was in a seminar i think it was hosted or like a lecture series that was hosted on coursera by i think it's like a yale university professor talking about happiness uh. yeah there's a, they got an they got a an outside uh, what would you call it? academic in they got an outside academic in to talk about her pioneered method of like the whoop method which is entirely is is centered around this idea of not just wishing it and you know having obviously having a plan as well that's important but it's shown that the the specific order of outcome i think it's outcome obstacle or i can't remember which way around it is but they tested it and found that the specific order when you outline the outcome and the obstacle whichever way around you do it it's really important, and it's also key that you envisage or like you understand the obstacles that you could face as part of it, not just like what you need to do. It's I thought just quite interesting that a, a big part of the planning is actually seeing what the challenges are. But the point I wanted to make was that essentially this is going to sound a bit bullshitty, but on New Year's Eve I went to bed early. I had too much gin and my eyes hurt. <laughs> so, but in the middle of the night had this dream where i was sort of like imagine like a crossover between like a therapy session and a level from psychonauts if you ever played the game psychonauts i've played that recently i fucking love it I've, that's probably why it's sort of i've never played it but i know it's a uh it's it's a tim schaefer one isn't it um yeah exactly i realized i was like god bless and i tim have uh, i have got it uh i've got a bunch of tim schaefer stuff actually um i've got uh grim fandango as well and um i do want to play them because i know they're meant to be very well regarded but uh 
I like where this is Broken going. Broken Age is pretty good as well. I like, oh, I've got that as well. Yeah, shit. So many things I've got and haven't played. But I like where this oh, is going that's already. Actually, so, the, actually, the shit you've got and haven't played, that's pretty much exactly what I'm on about. So, in this dream, I was kind of given, like, it was almost like, it's not necessarily scrolls, it was almost like panels like you get in the Witness game. And it was just essentially, it kind of had, like, abstract sayings on, something like that. And they were all kind of leading me to kind of draw my own conclusions about something in my psyche. And it was weird. This is the first time, but this sounds proper bullshit, like cold reading stuff, like scammy out of money. But this is, it only affects me, so it's fine. But this is the first time I had a dream which actually profoundly told me something. Oh, wow. I literally had, that I literally had to like enter this different world and kind of not be awake to understand that's the first time that's ever happened like i might have realized something when i'm drunk or otherwise or like just before i go to sleep or when i wake up but no this is the first time it was like in a dream that i i did not reach this conclusion while being lucid but the conclusion was that so much of my life is it sounds really obvious but so much of my life is drawn to the possession of experiences and stuff and again, you kind of think that's, that's fucking obvious. Like, people like stuff and want to do things. But what I mean is that I think that I almost like the having something to say I've got it and to have done something to say to someone else who hasn't done it that I have done this more than either the intrinsic utilisation of said object or the intrinsic value and personal enjoyment of said experience. So I'll give you an example. So when you said video games I haven't played, it's kind of like, well, surely that's where you get them. But it's like, well, clearly at some point the the having the video games was almost the exciting bit. And then I kind of, I sort of extrapolated that to like, well, I've got, I can look at my desk and see things like that I've barely utilized, but I have. And I know that, you know, I, I claim to like lots of doing lots of different things. And something to kind of tie into stuff that you've said or we've discussed in previous podcast episodes is that whole idea of, you know, I was talking about PhD, for example, and you said, well, I should really get on that. And we talked about NaNoWriMo. We both said, we should really get on that. Uh, And then I'm sure there's something else as well. It's like, oh, you know, I want to be a successful author. I better get on that. And we've sure we've said multiple things like that. But it's it's all tying into that, like, what, what is this problem that I'm more interested in just having it and being able to say it rather than the doing? I thought that was just, I thought that was just really interesting. Does that sound obvious? I've said I've talked a lot, but does am I sounding like a complete idiot? And I've just realised how to suck eggs, and that's uh, essentially what this, this. Not really. I mean, I think I think it's still a really good thing to even if some people might say it's obvious. I mean, I don't necessarily think it is. I think it is good to actually vocalise it because um, I mean, I'm I'm just as guilty of it. Uh, and it, it sounds obvious, maybe, but I think it is worth saying quite often because it's very easy to forget you know it's the age-old thing isn't it of of talking about doing things uh or having something to do and having it in your possession but never doing it or using it um i mean my thing with my steam games is um i tend to just buy them when they're on sale and the idea is that they're then in my library and i've got them ready to go when i eventually get around to playing them yeah, I'm the same. And that tends to be how it works, because eventually I will I will get round to playing them. Um but, you know, I'm I have made a a more concentrated effort recently uh to actually work through my Steam library. Um 
like maybe start with games that I've had for ages and never played and it's like right I should just play this because I've had it for like nearly 10 years uh or maybe stuff that's a bit short like if it's stuff that's like an indie game and it's on the short side I'll go oh well I can get through these quite quick you know so maybe I should finally play them um but yeah extrapolating it to something a bit bigger like you were saying like you know with PhD and like you know wanting to become a writer and stuff yeah that is stuff that I I really um like I really should get on uh but it's my own fault for uh you know pro procrastinating and um well, well that's that's kind of what I wanted to tap into not just for yourself but for myself as well and I know yeah, and in, like, ge in general the, in people in general in yeah. general yeah because I know at least like one of my schoolmates like we often say to each other that we are our own worst enemies and we're kind of the same in ourselves like both individually we are our own worst enemies yeah i agree like, i agree if, completely if, and another another example in terms of this i won't say possession because it it sounds like maybe a will because maybe it illustrates the point quite horrifically but i realized like as much as i might mope about you know that, you know how long I've been single for, but I know that every, every passing year I can identify going like, "Well, I'm very glad that I didn't have to shift or share this shitty thing that I'm like with this person." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm glad that I found this out myself, and either you know, either had the comfort of family to guide me through it, or was in therapy so I had to, he could figure out, or just had the time to myself to kind of try and like not even not overcome it, but at least like kind of put it into words and understand it a bit more. And I guess I know that like there's never a perfect moment to start something, and I'm always like, always one for planning. Like the the revision timetable is always more interesting; it has much more investment in than doing revision, that kind of thing. And schedule making is and to do lists are sort of much more intrinsically interesting than doing things. Mm. Is that is that kind of thing? And it's like, particularly if you're if you're going out with someone, it's like, well, they're not just a component to your life; they're another person. And like this whole, the whole you complete me thing is like, well, no, you should be complete first from yourself and then share companionship. You know, don't, I mean, I might be saying again something obvious, but in the same way of like just having someone then to kind of fill a hole. And that's the other thing, I guess, I, I seem to be sort of filling this hole with like video games and other stuff or even like perceived hobbies and like perceived experiences and like just the idea of going, Oh, you know, if I write this article or something, maybe, maybe that'll you know move beyond to the next thing, or probably more likely the next level of approval, and I'll probably end up feeling emptier than I did before writing it. Does any of that make sense? And I've rambled. No, true. It's, it's like... all very true, actually. I mean, that's one thing with me is like you know, I mean, I've never, I've never been in a relationship, but then also like I've never really been happy with myself and like how I am as a person. And I think the trick is, is you got to get yourself sorted out and your own lifestyle sort of in a manageable state, I think, before you invite someone else in. So even though, yeah, I do get depressed all the time about being lonely, you know, and, like, it is a bit shit, you know, not having, you know, not being able to be in a, an adult relationship. And, you, you know, there's, you know, like, with me, it's like I look at a lot of my friends who have partners and stuff, and it's like, you know, you kind of think, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm really missing out. But then at the same time, I mean, the way I kind of deal with it is I look at my own life and I'm like, well my own life's kind of in the shitter at the moment and there's no way I'm going to invite someone else in because like you say it's like you shouldn't uh go out looking for someone to like plug up a hole um because that's totally the wrong reason you know uh and that's a bit dysfunctional so it's like surely it's better to like 
get to a stage in your life where you're a bit more stable and when you're actually comfortable with yourself and then you can start going, oh, actually, now maybe it's time to, you know, share it with someone. At least that's the way I think well, of it. I think that's a healthier, yeah. healthier way of getting into things. But um, Well, different different strokes are different folks, I guess. I think that's a saying. A really good piece of advice. Uh, it's not really a piece of advice, rather. It's just a statement, but it's, it, it, it's a good point is... Um, one of my favourite writers, uh, William Gaddis, once said uh, when he was sort of writing books and uh, I think he might have like, I don't know if he ever taught any creative writing at any unis, he might have done or maybe given a talk, but he said he spoke to like loads of people who like claimed to want to be writers and he said what he found was there were so many people who wanted to be writers but there didn't seem to be anyone who wanted to write so, oh know, yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, I think I'm really guilty of that because it's like, oh, I really want to be a writer. You know, I want books on on my shelf with my name on it, but I can't really be asked to actually write. And I think that's what you have to do is you have to realize, well, it's more the uh, the the process is what you've got to enjoy rather than the destination. But I'm, um, I guess I've if- always been terrible for that, really. And and coincidentally, like that's kind of why I think like my life hasn't really gone anywhere. Um, it's because like I've been more obsessed with like the outcome of something but then never really starting or even putting any steps forward to actually getting to the outcome I mean that's kind of why my PhD thing never got off the ground it's because I just kept talking and talking and talking about wanting to do it but then like never actually like sitting down and maybe looking into actually doing it um, or thinking of the obstacles instead like all the financial reasons and just going like oh well I'm never going to do it but then, then still talking about, oh, but I want to do it. So that's one of the reasons I've never actually pursued that is because, like, well, you know, what what's the point? Because it's like, am I just going to uh, pay loads of money and get into, like, loads more debt to do, like, another three or four years of higher education, essentially, and still come out of it and still be unemployed? Uh, but, you know. I, I do remember in part of my life it was extremely easy to – it was much easier to be bitter and feel like that – you know, you had been done wrong by, you know, something rather than admit that the the difference between, you know, the thing being made and not being made is the doing and you haven't done it. Yeah. I mean, James yeah. Murphy is a very good sort of model for this where he was like, he, he in his own words, like he was a complete bum up until he was about 26. And he was like, then he kind of went to therapy and it was like he had to, he got out of that mindset of, you know, not wanting to engage because, you know, not that he thought it was shitty, but it was just like, the whole thing like oh they're successful and i'm not i think charlie brooker was the same like even up into his mid-20s going like oh i could write better than this but then they it's the eventual like having to the painful lesson of pulling your finger out because also there's sort of one or two things that have to happen which is you do the thing or maybe reevaluate your entire identity which is like neither were pretty no well I'm, I'm in a similar position really or like i i actually probably have been ever since i left uni like uh you know i was like oh well i'll i'll uh after i finished my master's i was like well i won't go straight into doing the phd i'll i'll take some time off and you know and get a job and uh get some money back money behind me which uh, arguably i've managed to do but uh, when you compare how long I've been working for and the amount of money I've been able to save, it's like, it's fucking nothing. It's 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 what I should have, uh, technically, according to a lot of these jobs, it's what I should have earned from a year 
but there's something wrong there because I've basically had to really scrape and scrimp and save to get what little I've got. And what little I've got is like, it's not even like really enough to move out. But uh, that's like insanity for me. It's like, that's like what, four years, you know, I guess coming up to five, it, coming up to, well, coming up to five years now of uh, doing shit jobs and being miserable just to save some money. And then it's like, I forget what I'm even saving for. So that's kind of the position I'm in. And like you say, I, I sort of almost have to maybe reevaluate what I actually want out of life. Cause it's like, well, you want to be a writer or not because with me it's like i haven't written in like fucking ages um and whenever i was in work i didn't want to write anyway because like i come home and I, you know fucking pretty much i just i don't know what it is it's it's strange i just i just hate jobs like i hate hate yeah all, I'm, pretty I'm, much if all. there's not i'm kind of the same i mean i was very lucky in my job after uni like i think that was comparatively a very good deal like you know it, it was I could have had the kind of Harvey Picard deal where, like, I just sort of kept that job and then just like, filled my life with other things. But I think there is there is a point when something that's dull, like, kind of not necessarily even getting up every day. I think it's just the the mind numbingness of it. You kind of come home and don't want to do anything. Like, you want to do the least engaging thing possible. Yeah, and I guess but it's also, mad though because even though I'm not, even now that I'm not working, you'd think, oh, because I don't have a job. I'd be the exact opposite. I'd be filling my day with like loads of interesting extracurricular stuff and I'm still not. I mean, I don't have a job and I do nothing. Like, you know, today I got up at like half three. Uh, you know, it was... it's like, it's really weird and that's kind of a thing with me is like, yeah, I, I kind of uh, maybe have to do a really long, hard look in the mirror really because I'm, you know, shit hasn't been going my way for like so long. I mean, I've said it jokingly, but I do sort of mean it legit, which is like, I, I haven't been happy in like five years, which is insane. Like people are usually like, oh, you know, I've had a rough week. I've been a bit miserable. It's like, oh no, I've I've had a I've had a rough five years. So with me, I don't it think like, that's as you know. It's, I don't think that's so uncommon though. I'm not not trying to deride or like denigrate your experiences at all. It's just, I just know a number of adults who have, you know, people who've moved, you know, into the same office I used to work in, you know, who worked them with like five six years and they were just like well that's life isn't it and then you kind of make a change you go oh wow okay that's and you something has to kind of like you really have to sort of pry yourself away like you know scrape like scrape that barnacle off the boat mm. i'm talking about pirates again yeah it's oh, come back for god's, <laughs> for god's sake i was i mean i almost went into it boats. when i mentioned plugging up a hole i was like plugging a hole a hole in a, in a leaky boat plug it up in the, le- and in then the ship, like, ship oh, sinking no. yeah um, I'm sure I've mentioned this quote on this podcast, but did, did I mention the quote from the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland about directions? Did I mention this at all? I think so. You think so or don't think so? Don't, no, don't think so. Uh, go I for it. I don't think so. You just had a very northern, like, like I imagine you like nodding or making a, a gesture, then going, think so. No, I get. I, I said. I said. Uh, I must have said. T- think so. And uh, it just the T sound didn't get quite picked up on the mic. And uh... maybe. Yeah, that's that's probably what happened rather than my racist idea. <laughs> but um, yeah, the saying being like, I'm trying to remember it exactly, but it's essentially this idea of, um, you know, like how you know which is which is the right way. And the Cheshire Cat says, you know, you know, I can't really tell you which is the right way. As it is a way, well, you know, what's the right way? It was, a, well, where are you going? And so I don't, and Alice is like, I don't know. 
And he says, well, either, you know, essentially what's the effect of, well, any route is right because, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any route will get you there. Yeah. And it's, it, and I think that there's quite a nice, to, like, obviously it's more profound by saying like, you know, you can, you've, you've got options essentially. And it's also, I mean, it's probably more framed in the Lewis Cavill sense of like, well, this is just a bit obscure and obtuse. I've probably butchered the quote, but it, again, it's that idea of, yeah, if you don't know where you're going, any war will get you there. So, you, yeah, it's, it's, it's having, you have almost the liberty to choose. Although, like, I, I, I think we've talked about this before, probably off the podcast, but it's it's sometimes very difficult when you don't have an idea. And particularly, you kind of get, if you know, particularly if you've got mental health issues, you typically tend to get overwhelmed, or one can get overwhelmed with you know the possibilities particularly social like social media is just flat out bad for everyone mm. i think but and like you know the, the whole comparison thing and you just kind of like one the easiest thing to do is like stick to what you know which might be fucking nothing at all like even for me like it, it takes a lot for me to watch films or read books because you know dare i say i might be inspired i might re- be reminded that i have you know capability of doing other things and that's and you know perhaps sometimes it's easy for me to play like video games because i know it's like I'm a constantly entertained, like microsecond to microsecond, you know, game depending, and you know, I, I don't have to ask anything of myself. If if it, if it sucks, the game sucks, and if it's good, I did well. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's so. I guess as sort of, I've probably mentioned this before, but it's easy to kind of retreat away from these things. And I guess I know that certainly with if you have depression, there's moments where it's like what do you want to do with your life like, oh, fucking nothing like just nothing you have these moments where nothing interests you I, I completely get that well for me it's like that's the thing is for me it's not so much a moment it is literally been the past five years of like i just like yeah. people like oh what career do you want to go into and i'm just like i don't want a career i was like you know my argument is like i just want some money so i can like spend the money on stuff i actually enjoy which is like you say you know is reading or i don't know all the other well, I, I thought I wanted, I thought I wanted that really, just like a job, and I think I'm, I definitely gave it a go, and and it did, it allowed me to then form other experiences. So like, I know for example, like if I went left this country to do a PhD somewhere immediately after university, I wouldn't have been ready. I know I'm just doing it as the path of least resistance, and if I'd left even a year ago, so where are we now? We are yeah, even a year ago. I don't think I'd have been as well travelled as I was by the end of. Not last year, so it'll be in 2019. Mm. We're in the new year. The fucking analogy has turned over to another number. But yeah, I I know I if I'd left in like 2019 or like tried to leave, you know, one or two years ago rather than as I am trying to leave now, even with Britain leaving the EU, even or has left the EU now, even with COVID going on, I'm more ready now than conveniently. I'm more ready to actually go and do this because I know that I'm trying to do it for the intrinsic value rather than status or path of least resistance because everyone you know a lot of people around me do that and i also you know being better with myself mentally like you know knowing what it's like to turn up to a job knowing what it's like to just to know you know there are those days and particularly you know they become particularly apparent when you're you know you are more strained and have more things to do and you understand a bit more about you know what you need to give up and just kind of the basics of I mean, I'm still very bad at turning up and just doing something boring. I always try and find some creative way to get around it, but sometimes it just isn't. 
And I think that even, you know, nothing is wasted if you learn from it, even if it was, you know, miserable. And even if you did something and you realize, nope, never again, then you've, you know, you've learned that as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's like, I guess with me doing my sort of string of shitty jobs, it's like, well, you know, at least I've been and done them and now know that I don't want to ever do them again. Um, with the exception of the most recent one I came out of because I didn't quit that. I just got made redundant because of fucking COVID. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of really bad, though, at the moment because I'm just finding, like, I think, like, I've got a pretty good CV. But, I mean, I'm I'm applying for jobs, but it's just nowhere fucking seems interested in like hiring me so that's the thing is like i find it so hard to get motivated and be like oh yeah i've got to apply for loads of jobs and literally nowhere wants you it's it's mental like i'm yeah but whatever i, I don't really i'm sort of beyond caring <laughs> right now i think it's i think definitely if you've there's certainly a point if you i'm sure your parents believe this as well that if you were saying you're saying this before you were applying then it might go well you know you, you haven't necessarily applied but like you know, the study was the case of me that after trying to, you know, to get back into going into different jobs just to, uh, you know, to, you know, get a bit more money and generally just to give me some sort of raison d'etre, like just a tiny one for a little bit, other than anything I would come up myself or come up with myself, excuse me. But then after seeing how, like, it, the same thing comes up again, going, you interviewed really well, it was just someone with more experience in sucking eggs was able to do this you know even though that everyone else we hired 10 years ago had no idea how to suck eggs yeah and now exactly. the expectation and now the demand is that you should know how to suck eggs before you work here well that's it that, that i, I pretty thing, much yeah. can't get a job in any of the fields i want to get a job in because you look at what they want and it just says oh yeah you need uh you need five years experience of already doing this job and it's like well i i can't get that if you don't give me the job you know but I mean, the best of it was I had an I had an interview over like Zoom uh, like a week ago, or it might be more than a week ago. But like the guy was like the biggest cunt, and like he actually told me like over Zoom. Not only did he not think that I was, I he, he basically told me I wasn't. Not only was I not qualified for this job, uh, but he said uh, he said you you weren't even qualified for the job you were doing, and I was just like, what am I supposed to do with that information? Yeah, it's, it's not helpful at all. It's I guess like, I mean yeah. that's clearly like, I mean I've I've kind of in a cynical way believed that you know adulthood is essentially finding this, this the handful of things you can control still and strangling them because you're like basically oh I, I can, you know I, I can be you know good at my job or like oh I can, I can have a pick of you know I can't pick fucking anything else in my life I can't seem to you know people going I can't you know I can't choose my way out of you know this with his wife and kids or whatnot or you know partner i can't choose my way out of this mortgage really that easily but what can i choose is i can choose to be a complete cunt to someone who just turned up basically so i mean, i'm just yeah. i think that uh i think the whole job market's gonna get i think it's bad at the moment but i think it's gonna get way worse um speaking to a mutual friend of ours our friend uh you know dan and he sort of mentioned about um you know um it's getting to the stage where, like, I think gatekeeping in jobs is going to get really, really bad. Basically, because so many people have lost their jobs through COVID. Um, and there's so many people that are now unemployed, but there's so little jobs. I think the people in those jobs, I think the gatekeeping aspect of it will really go to their head. Because they sort of become, 
you know, they've kind of got the keys to the kingdom. So I think it's the job market's going to get even more sort of toxic and nasty than, you know, it probably already was. Um, I think I, I had a long conversation with our friend Dan, like into small hours at one point, And he was like, he made an interesting point about, you know, government policy will never really, at the moment, has never really followed what actually going to work is like for a lot of people. And so, like, you know, the zero hours stuff suits some people. It's, it's right for abuse, but actually some people it's enabled them to get work as, you know, as a young person or like between jobs. And so, you know, like, and it, it doesn't, the policy is a bit too, some of the policy stuff is a bit too blanket. It doesn't really represent what people go to work for. And I mean, I mean, I, ever since I started, you know, in my last job, like within a few months, I was not, let's say because of that job in particular, but just because of the notions of work, I was, I started reading, you know, stuff about the whole bullshit job stuff and what a post-work world would look like. And even, I vaguely remember this, there was there was a trial, I think, of universal basic income in Finland a couple of years ago. And they you know, they got a, a, good, a decent sample of people and gave them like a, a UBI for about a you know, month or so. Mm. I think it was a month or so. And then the figures came back, which is like whilst people were generally happier and they, you know, they, rather than having to necessarily go to work, you know, whilst they were happier and had more time with family and more time to do what they wanted, the impetus to apply for work didn't necessarily go up. I'm kind of going, because it's shit. It's because it's shit. <laughs> like, don't, like, I know you can't have to, you have to find some sort of, you know, statistical proof that work is terrible, but, like, if, if, if isn't that not staring you in the face? So, like, yeah, it's why it's called you know, work. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, exactly. That's the, it. Um, one of my favorite facts, I say this a lot, is um, I will just get the I'll just get the word up to check because again, is another journalist talking about particularly the um, collapse of capitalism in terms of like yeah that's it. It was by author Raj Patel. Um, he was writing about I think he, he was writing essentially about the how how the chicken nugget is actually the symbol of everything that capitalism needs to carry on and slowly those things are being destroyed which is things like cheap food you know, you know cheap food cheap healthcare cheap lives and all this kind of thing it's, it's, it's interesting to read on this stuff but the i'll just check this so as you say like work is called it's not called, my mom always says it's not called play you know they didn't call it work for fucking nothing she doesn't use a swear word because she hates swearing i love swearing but anyway yeah me too so the word for yeah so the origin of the french word for work travail and the spanish word my spanish is terrible but trabajo uh which i think comes from is a latin word i think it's like trepiliare something like that but essentially the the root of these words i couldn't find the word in the end but the root of the french and spanish word for work is this latin word which means to torture <laughs> so it, that's that's kind of the, so the sort of ancestral root of these words for work is actually the word for torture. I, was, I thought that's just quite nice. It sort of encapsulates that. And even like, I think in Italian it's laboro. So like labor, you know, like the, the you don't associate like a labor of anything. If something's laborious, you know, you don't associate that with anything good. Happy fun time. <laughs> yeah. Happy fun time. Yeah. Labor, forced labor, labor camp. I think, yeah. Labour part, think, Labour Party. Yeah, I mean, I get. Yeah, I think that the I could go on about. I, I'll kind of 
I'm trying to think of another way to say this. I feel like the affiliation with a particular party, I think even even like Robert Peel was sort of carrying on the, the old conservative line back, you know, the 19th century, that the conservatives generally put the country first and they were always kind of willing to conserve the country. And now it just doesn't fucking mean anything. And like party allegiances is exactly it's politics. And, you, and in the workplace, people say, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it all, which means not I don't want to get into the discussion in order to drive forward policy as a way of governing they mean i don't want to get into the name calling and the arguing and the bitching yeah and the he sheds he said she said you know and that's what politics means well, in like sam to, qu- to quote a wonderful band uh it's all about the he said she said bullshit who said that it's limp biscuit oh limp biscuit <laughs> <laughs> It's the song. I've never, uh, I've never, li- I've never listened to Limp Biscuit purely you know, for the fact that they're called Limp Biscuit. Yeah, do you know why you've never listened to them? Because you have taste. They're shit. Yeah, because you yeah, have cause taste, and because they're a, fu- they're a fucking shit band. I still like them though. Same, like, but they're they're aw- they're so bad. It's same with Blink One Eight Two. It's like, is it Blink One Eight Two? Uh, yeah. Um, or as I call um, them, Blink One Hundred and Eighty Two. Yeah. Yeah, no, they passed me by actually. My sister used to be really into them. They were like a proper emo band, uh, but I think I was a bit. Well, was I a bit? Were they a bit after my time? I don't know. Maybe they were around my time. I just, I, yeah, I, I think vaguely remember some of the tunes. We're still in our time because we are alive. Oh, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not. Hey, man, speak for yourself. I just okay. lie around I mean, listening to. I, could, I, I like look at all the films I watch and all like. With the exception of like TV drama series, because there has been some really good stuff recently on telly, good good drama, good shows. Uh, but with the exception of that, like I look at all the music I listen to, and it's all shit from like anything from like two hundred to like you know forty years ago. I'm just living in this like this time warp. I think there's um, I think you get to a point where you, you try and. I think again, kind of going back to this sort of pretense, I like wanting to be seen as something like we. I certainly wanted to be. I've definitely been guilty of trying to talk about a consensus on like a book or a film that I've not even seen that you and our mates have probably seen. But I just go, I heard somewhere that this happened in it, and it's like, and, and normally a sane person might go, "You haven't seen it though, have you?" <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, guess, but I do. You're, you're I do like, that plenty of times. There's loads of shit I haven't seen or read. Yeah. It's still still engaging in the conversation on it. I mean, I guess it's it saves me from just sitting there like a lump and then going like, I guess I've just not seen this, so I can't engage. I think I, I prefer engaging in a sort of not incorrect way, but in, in sort of attempting to engage. If it, you know, and if people still accept you even though you're full of shit, then you know that's great. Well, you're not alone in that. Cause... Like I say, I've got plenty. There's so much that when like, so you've got like. Uh... Me, Ludo, and Alice, who are like you know the big the big time gamers of our friendship group, I'd say like the people who take it really seriously. Um, there's so many times where uh, they'll go on and on about games that I've still not played. So I do that shit all the time. I'll be like, oh yeah, I've heard there's this bit in it where this happens, you know, or I've heard this is good, and it's like we haven't fucking played it, have you? I'm like, no. So yeah, no, you're not you're not al- you're not alone in that. Well, I mean, the only things that seem to we we on the record have definitely watched is shit like the Star Wars Christmas special, which I was watching just before you we 
we started recording this, I was watching the second part of the Red Letter Media coverage of it because they spent the first part going off on tangents. I should, I should I uh, find that because I don't think I've watched that. But now that we've watched it together, but all the, well, then again, the thing is with the Star Wars. I was, re- I was reliving that, reliving that fucking nightmare. Yeah, and, and also just, the reason oh, we've God. all now seen it is because we all watched it together. <laughs> like that's the best way to ensure yeah. that we've all seen the, we've seen the uh, product. All, we all did it we're together. All culpable. We all, yeah, we all won the bank heist. Then we're, all, you know, we're, we're in the photo. We're all culpable, really, aren't we? It's like there's no, no one can, no one can use any extra information to rat the other person out because we're all fucking there, yeah. <laughs> listening to Wookies, quote unquote, talk for Ugh. twenty minutes. Jesus Christ! Oh God! I think it was. I'm sure we've had this talk, talk about this before, but there were some films like, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to watch shit films because it's. You know, I, I avoid being inspired and then, you know, maybe having to pull my finger out if I want to make something like that, you know. But watching a shit film, you're like, ah, you know, this is a piece of shit. We can all laugh at it. You get the schadenfreude on the fact that this was, you know, several people's jobs to make this piece of shit. But that being said, there are some films which are, like, frustratingly bad. Well, that's it's it. Like, but I, th- I think with the bad, watching the bad films that are, like, so bad, they're funny, I just think it's good because you do legit get to watch these pieces of, like, you know, these pieces of media that you otherwise would never see. Because usually people... Oh, yeah, just, for sure. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cultural like, engagement, yeah. You know, they'll be like, it's shit, don't watch it. They might say that about, like, a Neil Breen film, but then we've watched pretty much all of Neil Breen's stuff, and we're like, well, no, actually, it's it's amazing, you know, and we get a lot of joy out of laughing and watching it together. But there yeah, are, that's true. There, oh, yeah, there, some, is, there is the joy, just, the joy and the, sh- the companionship. Exactly, the and, you know, in so for that reason, I'm glad a lot of the, the terrible films we watch exist. There are some I, I sooner wouldn't exist, because, as you say, there's some stuff that is objectively so awful. I mean, I know that one of them is like, my sister keeps asking me, like, oh, have you watched uh, the Adam Sandler film Jack and Jill on, you know, and uh, have you watched it on Bad Film Night yet? And I'm kind of like, well, no, we haven't watched it yet, but I don't know if we ever will watch it because that's an example for me of something that doesn't have any redeeming qualities. You know, I don't think it'll be funny. Uh, I think it will be so bad it's bad, if you know what I mean. And sometimes we we come across that, don't we, in, in the Bad Film Night schedule um every so often we will come across something that is just so fucking bad and forgettable well that's the risk and, isn't and it? Go, go, going the other way like is it fatal deviation the film that ludo showed us i was like oh it's an irish martial arts film i was like really could we not just watch food fight because we've been wanting to watch that for ages but actually we were all like really pleasantly surprised at how i would say charming that film was yeah fatal deviation like, is is incredible. Like I, I want to get it on Blu-ray, although I don't think such a thing exists. <laughs> Probably um, not. But I mean, in quite the, quite the reverse of... way, I I wasn't a fan of at all of Food Fight. I thought Food Fight was really bad for me. I I didn't. I, that was one that was for me on the level of like it's so irredeemably shit. Like I'd, I'd never. Funnily enough, I mean, I I think it, it was I think watching Food that was Boy in the again Food Boy oh, was another was one. That was another one that I don't think anyone should ever watch, ever. I mean, I, I fell asleep for a fair amount of that. So even though that we'd, like, the Vaf and I would come across it, like, a, a while ago, like, it was not worth exploring. But I, mean, I think Food Fight was very much so, like, I think at the end I was like, yay, we did it, everyone. And I was like, it was more that we we experienced that rather than going, let's see what this is like. We, we 
unlike Fatal Deviation, which was like, oh, let's see what this is like. Apparently, this is you know, it's it's low budget. It's you know, everything's sort of low value. And it had been we'll called the worst. I think by a critic in Ireland, it had been called the worst Irish film ever made. That was it, yeah. But but we didn't know what to expect, and so like we were pleasantly surprised. It was like Food Boy. We knew it was bad, and like everyone seen the trailer and had seen what's his name who was in um. Back to the Future. I think he did the voice of that evil, the evil guy in the film. Um, I can't remember, but um, not Michael, not Mike Fox. The um, can't remember. But yeah, we we you'd seen the trailer, you'd seen the whole. Oh, Christo- yeah, Christopher Lloyd was in it, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, but you know, you'd seen it, and also it was just there was nothing redeeming beyond what they'd shown in the trailer. Like it was all it was there. Like yeah, it's not it's not something that you experience because you're like, let's see what this is like. You're kind of going, let's just see how terrible it is. Well, that's the thing then... with with Food Fight though is it was basically it was probably made to launder money because you know the film was like really really big budget, uh, but you couldn't. Suppose, supposedly Jack and Jill was as well. Like or at least that's what again the Red Letter Media guys like they speculate that it's that it, it, it's essentially not to say laundering money in a in a, in an illegal sense. But it's just, yeah, you you can just write big paychecks to your friends well, well, and just make something in a the way. The way the the way that the Adam Sandler ones work is kind of in a slightly nicer way because apparently, like, loads of people who work with Adam Sandler say like he's like the nicest guy ever, and like there's a reason that I think a lot of people work with him again and again is because he's he's like a really good person to work with. I mean, I am a fan of Adam Sandler. I actually do think he's talented. Like, you know. Fucking hell. Well, Punch He's... Drunk Love, which was made by an actual filmmaker. Well, that's it, yeah. But also, like, media, un- yeah, like, Uncut Gems as well. He's, he's incredible. Oh, apparently that. that's amazing. It yeah, is. It apparently is. that is amazing. It's amazing. Um, and, I mean, I even like some of Adam Sandler's comedies. Like, you know, I will say that I am a fan of, like, you know, his older stuff. But when you look at, like, some stuff he's done uh, or that his production company, Happy Madison, has done, they all have this weird trend where they will be like a gross-out comedy that is set in, like, Hawaii or set in a really nice tropical location. And the reason is, is because he's just making the film as, a, as an excuse to take everyone on holiday. I think the um, I think it's Happy Madison that produced but Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 was filmed at the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. And so it's like, and that is essentially like, a big old advert for the Wind Resort. Well, it's that, thinking, but also he and, probably took the cast and crew probably all stayed there, and they probably also took their families there while they were shooting. So what ends up happening is it's like the film actually becomes secondary, and actually the main purpose is to like basically give everyone a holiday. I like it's, it's the same principle as um, the second series of Agent Decker. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was like filmed filmed on his holiday. Probably, I think it was in Hawaii as well. But yeah, like, and, just... a, and a bunch of the stuff that Decker does, like when he goes to visit the CIA zip line, is uh, oh, he, yeah, he clearly just... just wanted to go and do this, or when or when he <laughs> needs to go. Uh, what is it? When he needs to go uh, jet skiing, uh, it's clearly just him on a jet ski. <laughs> He's like on holiday, ski. but it's like, well, we'll just tie it into the story. Like the the best yeah. is when he builds that device that uh when he goes does he what is it he goes what do you call it is it like the windsurfing thing where he has the parachute and you get pulled by the boat is it wind gliding I can't remember something like that I, I, but I, yeah I know, he he has to do that to throw the pro hang, satellite, hang gliding something like that but he's yeah. like he has to do that to get 
as he says, eyes in the sky. Uh, so he can <laughs> he can throw this probe into orbit. And it's like, well, that's great. But the real reason is you're just doing some holiday activities. But, you know, good on him. That's kind of the whole point. And it's really fucking yeah, funny think- as well, which you kind of can't say about the Adam Sandler stuff. Yeah, exactly. But um, the, the bringing it back slightly, but we we, we kind of got into about you know films haven't watched. But I was essentially the, the reason why I wanted to bring up something we've kind of touched on before about the whole like procrastinating thing is seeing it's the new year, and I didn't want to like do New Year's resolutions to go let's be better people. You know, I didn't want to do that just because you know the, the the worst of all being like you set yourself up to to let you say you know, feel let down and then we probably both feel our own disappointments in ourselves quite strongly so i didn't want to do that but i just wanted to see i try for what a better term if there's a way out of it in a way and like kind of and maybe it, it's it's how do we get motivated and we're, we're not even here to offer people advice so i'm genuinely stumped on this yeah no like, me, too, me too um i think it was also realizing that I think it was also watching the social dilemma where they talked a lot about like all these ex like programmers for or like you know bosses in these sort of social media companies and Google were like you know that they designed these things which are like you know by evolutionary standards like as addictive as you know eating lots of cake because you know it's it is feeding off these hardwired systems that haven't changed in at least 70,000 years let alone millions of years and so and it's possibly a similar thing like i might do something to kind of get a hit of like oh approval from someone else but you know that that, that's not lasting and particularly when you think i'm gonna get loads of likes on this like i've said something really poignant here you know it's still like you know there's there's still the fear of you know particularly as you get older there is still a huge fear of just failing because like you kind of you get to a point where you kind of want to stop like fucking things up i don't mean in that like a fucking your life up but you you know you don't want to you get to a point where you're kind of going, I'm sick of like having ideas that then don't actually don't have enough meat on them. They're just like a sort of a shitty bone. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the stage I'm in at the moment because like I think my life is like really pretty. Well, I mean, like it's pretty fucked in the sense of like I haven't been an independent like adult for, you know, the past five years. Like the last time I was actually independent and actually acting and behaving and functioning like an adult should was you know while i was essentially at uni because i had stuff to do and like i um you know i had to cook my own meals and stuff like whereas now it's like you know for the past five years i've been moved back in with my parents and i've like i've properly regressed um but i mean there is a way out and essentially it's i've just got to get i've just got to find a place of my own get moved out and get a job basically but it's you know without trying to sound really fucking redundant uh it's easier said than done you know it's like getting a job now whereas it would have been a few years ago getting a job is like it's not a luxury it's just something that most people had but now it's like to even have a roof over your head is now a luxury it's like whereas it used to be like a right that everyone should have a job and be able to earn money because of covid and shit and like i say because of this fucking gatekeeping and how toxic like the world of work has become as far as like who can get a job and who can't uh you know uh it's now so difficult that it's not a given now that you'll be able to get a job like you know i mean you could say i i completely agree i think you could also say that even you know even before the pandemic you could say well actually there is 
there is a, a long sequence of events, which some of which I had control over, some of which I didn't, some of which I had input in, some of which was just luck. And, you know, you can say that, you know, like, but, but we say this in our house all the time, it's like, we're lucky to be in this house, how much we love this house, how much it, you know, you know, it lets us grow. And it's so, like, you can still say, like, you're lucky to have the really simple things and the kind of things, even if it's the same shit as everyone has, you can kind of go, well, it's not, you know, I'm not owed this. So I think, particularly as a kid, I certainly felt like, well, you know, we, like, the, the whole Stuart Lee, like, making fun of conservatives thing is, like, you know, feeling like they owe, the, they're owned, owed this life. Like, well, no, not really. I mean, like, my dad worked really hard and, you know, we're at the, you know, sacrifice of, you know, the, the more nucleic family unit, but as in, like, the, the idea of a nucleic family would have been more, been, been sacrificed in, you know, being able to work hard and have a really nice life. And, you know, it's not, it's not, it didn't just happen. Like, there's been work going into it, but also, and not just, you know, the, the fact that there's also lots of people in the world who are jobless, hungry, homeless, or, you know, houseless even. Like, they don't have, they don't even, even, you know, if they were in a shelter somewhere, it's not their home. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's still, you know, in, in the global sense, you know, we still have the basics anyway. And there's, there's still something to be said about being grateful for those. But yeah, I know what you mean like at the, particularly in at the moment, it does feel like just access to anything more is difficult. Whether you are like me trying to, you know, wanting to go traveling and do essentially something more luxurious, or like yourself just trying to get a job, yeah, that access is just harder. Or even if you're like, you know, you're, you're trying to claim food from a food bank or trying to, you know, do the paperwork for benefits and actually sign off with someone for the government, like that's all. It's all harder now i completely agree i just wanted to offer that like it's still useful to kind of be grateful as well like it's I not mean, i know it's not just the pandemic yeah i mean i understand that but again it's the same but but it's i actually find it really hard because it's like there's only you know i mean maybe i'm being like really fucking selfish or something but like for me in my experience there's only like so far that that could take me because oh yeah completely yeah it's not it's not a fix-all cure well that's like, exactly basically i basically had five years of it i mean like just after i come out of union the times when i was a bit down and i was working it was that thing of like well you know at least i've got a job you know at least i've got a roof over my head but now it's got to the point where like to want anything more i i basically get made to feel like i'm doing something wrong so it's like well actually i would like a job and actually, I would like a place of my own. Yeah, that's and I, true. I would yeah, like I guess... to live as a. I would like to live and function as like an actual adult person. But then, you know, I can't really talk to my parents about that or to my family because their reaction is, well, all that stuff you're asking for is actually really unreasonable. Now you should just be happy living in your parents' house when you're fucking twenty-seven, and you should be happy being alone and never having had a relationship because. There's loads of homeless people in the world and stuff. And it's like, and then it's like, oh, well, I guess I'm doing something wrong for feeling sad. But I've, yeah, been, I guess that, that, I've been made to feel like that for ages now. So I'm at the stage where I don't really talk to, I don't talk to my family about my feelings anymore because there's no point. Because what ends up happening is I'll talk and be like, well, I'm depressed. And then it'll just always come back to like, oh, well, you're depressed because you're doing something wrong. Like, you know, it's because you're being selfish and that, you know, you're not thinking about the millions of people in the world who are homeless or are starving. It's like, well, oh, okay. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's that, immediate shutdown. That's a good, I'm not, I was going to say that's true. I'm not saying like, it is your fault. I'm not saying, as in like the, there is, I agree that there is, now that you say it, that it only gets you so far. And it's like, it doesn't, you know, it's a very easy way of playing competition with like, who's the most hard done by. Well, that's it. And, and it like, always does. Yeah. And, 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 and actually, that doesn't help because 
in in the end, like you'll say, yeah, but this is what I'm going through. Like I'm kind of hoping that even if we don't see eye to eye on this, that you at least are sympathetic to the fact that it makes me sad. Mm. And yeah, I, I think the, particularly the the way the world was going, there was certainly, I think even before COVID, but particularly with COVID, yeah, it was very much like a, a case of going, as as you say, like you probably have the feeling of like, oh, you want the job? It was like, well, that's not a thing that people get anymore. It yeah, probably, basically, that's not just true, but it, but it feels like that, and it's like going like, wow, okay, so like, has the bar really been lowered? Yeah, and it's not just that; it's like, oh, you want a job? Yeah, it's like, well, that's unrealistic to want that. But then it's on top of that, it's like, oh, but also you should be really happy uh, despite the fact that, yeah, you basically your life's in the shitter and you're miserable. It's like, well, being miserable is is bad and it's your fault. You know what I mean? It just basically turns into this thing of like, where it's like, can you, can you please at least be sympathetic and understand that I feel this way? And unfortunately the answer is, well, no, because we've all got, and again, that's when the competition starts. It's like, well well, I've got it harder than you and look at me, I'm I'm doing, you know, I act like I'm happy all the time, so why can't you sort of thing? But whatever, that's been the state of play for years now and I've like, I've kind of come to just sort of accept it. Well, I don't know, I mean, like, I know that, again, I, I realise there's probably, we've clearly been off the microphones for a while, but I, I, I did want, just because the new year, to kind of, because it's something we talk about a lot, this kind of... Um, for want of a better term, a rut, and it's kind of like, it was sort of this our own feelings of like immovability in different respects like it was a lot more severely so a thing just with life in general that like i was wondering if maybe it's even just cathartic just to talk about it just because again i had this silly dream but no, well, i think so yeah i think talking about it probably is good as much as i i don't think i personally don't think it is because it just feels like having the same conversation like over and over again and it's again it's the main reason i don't talk to my parents about it anymore because it got to the point where i was like literally having the same argument you know and and the same basically not just me getting upset but everyone gets upset then because everyone's like screaming at each other um and you know and i think i think the thing i always i got really sick of hearing was like people saying to me like oh you know it's it's a blip you know you just you're just in a bit of a rut and you'll come out of it and it's like well it's been five years nearly uh and i'm not out of it so sort of stop saying that to me <laughs> you know it's like really uh, i don't know but that's just me yeah. Yeah. Apologies. I, I think, apologies uh, uh, to the listeners because this has been a real downer. <laughs> but hopefully, people. I mean, if, can, I, can I, learn, I that can. I hope that they this. can of worms. I'm also trying to like make sure I'm not like saying anything that I'd rather say in like a, as an aside, if you know what I mean. So you know, I I opened up the can of worms, and I'm quite good at the sort of not like talented business. Like I have a, a a disposition. I end up just sort of prying these things open, whether people want to open about it or not. <laughs> but like. I'm not saying like I torture information out of people, but like I do, I do, I I, I like finding out what makes people tick, just because it's kind of it, it particularly friends, because it make it paints a more wholesome picture, and it's like, well, I've you know I felt that bit closer. And I know that's not the case for everyone. Like even within my own family, like there are people who like enjoy or don't enjoy or, or find it useful or not useful going over conversations again. I tend to I'll go on about the same thing about a million times. I mean, I, I do I was, as well, but usually the stuff I go on and on about is just stuff I like. It is just generally happier. Whereas, yeah, I'm, in this case, I'm not really a, as big a fan of, uh, of of going over the same thing of like, oh, you know, uh, 
yeah, let, let's get out of this rut or let's talk about our problems. It's like, well, no, <laughs> I'm actually fucking sick of it. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to like waste an entire episode. No, no, oh, no. I don't. Think it's wasted. I don't think it's wasted at all. I mean, I just, uh, I, I just, um, my, my hope is that people listening to this will get something out of it though, and will like have a reaction. Uh, I'm hoping the reaction is, oh, you guys are wrong. Uh, you know, which is great because at least it starts a dialogue. And uh, also, I guess the thing for me is just to let people know out there who are struggling that they're not alone. Like, you know, I, I think, think I remember we uh, both are. Have... So you know, there's just something to know. There's just I think there is something that makes people feel better to be like, well, actually, at least I'm not alone, or they'll maybe hear or some be like, oh shit, these guys have got it worse than me, or you know. There's something you know, talking about that idea of talking about the idea of not being alone. Like, I think that's a nice sentiment to kind of actually make it a bit more ubiquitous. I think it's something something that kind of funny that happened like when I was one of my friends I was living with like she was also very struggled with depression and like that I I hadn't quite sorted mine out in the same way that she might have done or at least like but you know similar experiences and not but not completely similar because that's you know you don't want to generalize but I remember I said something in a message along the lines of you know even when you're like so far away from the shore there's like there's going to be other ships in the sea generally something like that it's like you know even if you're like in a in, in the fog like you know, the mist has descended, and you're just bobbing about really far from any shore. It's like, well, you're not just by the very nature of the sea. There's going to be other boats in that sea, yeah, or on yeah, the absolutely. sea, I should say. And I remember, and she painted a little. I think she painted like a little, like it's like an A5 sketchbook, and she painted like a little kind of illustration of that with the sort of the, the words kind of slightly in calligraphy. And I and I it's been a, she did this like a month later, and I looked at that kind of going like forgetting that I'd said it, and I was like, oh, that's. I was like, that, that, that seems super lame. Who said that? And it's like, it was you. Like, oh, <laughs> was okay. You. you said that. Oh, dear. I remember now. Oh, dear. Because I, I think, like, with that time apart, like, I think in that moment I was being, you know, trying to come up with something, some sort of supporting analogy. And then months down the line, I'd forgotten I said that and clearly had a cynical hat on for, like, those Instagrammable quotes. I was like, no, <laughs> it was that was me that said that. Um, and I felt like a pretty bad person after that. For that bit of time, not like it wasn't like scarring. But yeah, it's I I still I would still stick by that idea of like and it's it's hard to believe, but you are like people you are not alone. And even if it's I was I, I don't want I don't want to say go to the online forums because you're not alone. Like they can be pretty horrible places. But like yeah, in, 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 in I, the, I'd in actually the more... be really uh, I'd be really careful of that. I mean, I know that one of the uh, the classics is like. Um... I think there's like a, it's now like a meme, but I think like someone posted on like 4chan once. Uh, I think it was 4chan. Uh, and it was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. And then someone just commented back and just said, do it, faggot. <laughs> I, don't, oh I, don't, I don't know why, but I find that hilarious. But also, uh, I mean, I, it, really, I, it really isn't. Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't really know. Isn't. Maybe I've just got a really, I've developed a really sick sense of humor. But, um, uh, that is also, uh, I will use it in this situation as like, yeah, please be really careful about like reaching out for help with st- from strangers. Because yeah, as that as an example, people could be fucking evil. So yeah. Well, it's also it's also the case. I mean, I'm guilty of like reaching out to strangers and like even people, you know, have offered a nice word. Even like the poet comedian Rob Orton. Rob Orton. I was just going to say like- Rob Orton. Yes. Um, but like loveliest man I've ever met. But um, 
yeah, it's it's not the same everyone's job to do that. And like, even if you do ask a close friend, like even if someone asks you, you you are also within your right to say like, just for now, I can't really. I've got enough on my plate for now. We could talk another time, but like, just you know, it's it's okay to say no. Like, to essentially saying like you, the people are within their rights to not have those conversations if it's like, you know, for me anyway, I find if someone says I can't really talk now, I'll go okay, and I'll talk to someone else. You know, so rather you know rather than like being having someone listening differently if they're just like and i have very lucky to have friends who will say like no i honestly i can't do this right now it's like okay it's a bit hard to hear but you know tough titties like you know at least that lets me know that i could you know could talk to someone else and i think yeah there is i i, I would yeah i think we've come to the consensus like yeah definitely the obvious stuff like definitely talk about things but like obviously only as and when you're comfortable with it and like understand even if you're a supporter that sometimes there are people who don't want to talk about it, or the same people don't want to talk about it all the time. And it, yeah, and I, I, for me, even like you saying about it's a blip, you, it's a phase, you'll get out of it. Like, there's so many other things you say, like, oh, it's a phase. Like, you know, the, the whole stereotypical thing of like someone coming out as gay and parents, you say, oh, it's just a phase. And it's like, but it's the same kind of <laughs> it's the gay, patron- it's the gay phase. It's, it's a pattern, it's a patronizing comment, really, isn't it? Because it's like, Oh, you know, they'll grow out of it as if it's like something to be grown out of. And, well, that's know, it. And it's, all, it's also, yeah, un- like, to, like you say. Unaffiliate yourself with. It's wildly inaccurate as well. Because, like, n- no, it's not a phase. It's actually, a, it's an aspect of my sexuality. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, not, the going, way that, like, it's not going away. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's, exactly. And, like, yeah, and the same thing with, like, mental health. It's like, you know, to say it's a blip. It's like, well, I kind of, as you say, I, I, to be fair, they open my eyes again. Well, I can't really say a, five years is a blip. Really, and I mean, it, it, it takes about an average of eight to ten years before people seek help for depression, and so that's hardly like. I mean, there could be you can have your highs and lows, definitely, but like, yeah, sometimes it's not. The one I don't like the most is like, well, think you know, when you think more positively, it's like, well, I'd love to, I'd really love to. That's the problem. It's like, well, like, I mean, love... technically, I think positively all the time because I basically stay in bed uh until probably like on my worst days i'll stay in bed till like five or six in the afternoon or i guess when you get on to six it's evening technically uh and i do fantasize plenty of like how much my i wish my life was better so if that's what you mean by posi- <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, you, exactly. if that's what you mean by positive thinking i'm the most positive person you're ever gonna fucking meet but at the same time it's like yeah it's like I understand that that's not healthy to just sit around and think, oh man, wouldn't my life be amazing if it was actually good? <laughs> yeah. Like, Aren't things good when they're good, essentially? It's like the, the Simon Munnery observational comedy joke where he says, has anyone done anything ever? Well, that's the end of that section. <laughs> um, a friend of mine said something, a friend of mine, another friend who I live with said to me once, like, just in, in the middle of a conversation, I was, again, I was sort of taking up in this dynamic is taking up like your seat in it if it were like kind of you know saying what's wrong and everything and, and he said he just said plainly it's like you deserve more happiness than you give yourself and i was like oh look that makes it, it sounds obvious it's like just but you, you know no one said that and it's like wow okay that, that really gave me food for thought and it's particularly like you deserve which means like you're more than nothing and more happiness again like clearly you're either unhappy or like you would like more happiness your something's missing clearly than you ever give yourself because the, the, it's then like not only are you in this rut but then like 
you kind of you might end up being fatalistic and kind of believe that you it's sort of one and the same like the the sadness and the the, the emptiness is actually just is you you feel like it's one and the same and that's that's when i if you i think that's a blip is possibly incorrect and saying like he's just like that is wrong either there must be something in between where it's like this is except this is a, is a you know a feeling or like a lack of feelings which often depression is and not, not necessarily going like he's a grump bag or something like that or like he's just like he's always he's, he's, a, he's a grumpus he's a grumpus yeah um <laughs> the fact that my mum made me a mr grumpy cake when i was like five or six has like really really dark repercussions now <laughs> but um but uh I think that's just a joke that we had, just because, like, I, I think I probably played grumpiness as melodramatically as an autistic five-year-old. I don't think I was like, um, you know, I, I don't think I was like staring out the window every day when I was five and like, you know, tracing my finger in the mist and saying like, I want to be happy. Nothing like that. No, I wasn't like that as a five-year-old. In other sense, really specific, and that's just what came to my head. But um, no. But the point being, like, there there must be a, a middle ground. I think to say like. Not saying it's a blip, and not saying it's like oh he's he's just like that. There must be when you say like, like you know they, you know you can take the time to think about, you know maybe when you didn't feel like this, and if that's you know if that's hard, then maybe we need to really direct you into feeling like this, or at least share things that might be helpful. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the thing with me is I think for this year, like if we do want to get into like not so much New Year's resolutions, but Instead, let's just call them things that need to be done this year because, you know, it's like about time. Um, like it's what, always about time though, isn't it? That's the yeah, thing. Is it's, well, always, well, it's, it. it's always the right time, yeah, if, if you need it, really. But, but let's use this like this fucking paltry marker that is New Year like to actually... Uh, I mean, yeah, it is, it is paltry, but it's, it's a useful one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's one I, of these I, things where like, people around I mean, you in the mood... Like, yeah, uh, let's just use it in this sense to like maybe I guess make those decisions. Like for me, it's like well, this year I think it is going to be like you know moving out and getting a job. Like it's going to have to be this year for me because I'm like you know I'm getting to the stage where I'm like you know thirty. You know, being thirty years old is like not far away, and uh, I need to basically start being an adult before I'm 30 I think just because otherwise it's just going to be ridiculous so for me like yeah this year for me is going to be you know get moved out get some sort of job and as you say I'm not particularly looking forward to it but it probably is going to have to be take a really long hard look in the mirror and yeah like it sounds really daft but like yeah basically reevaluate my entire identity you know um, well, I mean you, you cannot there is the other option of like you can you can do these things that you say you want to do, but you're allowed to you're completely allowed to do them badly. And I think for a very long time you will. Like even if you just write down like flash fiction on like a, a, a postcard, like whenever you feel like it. Or unless you do like Tim Key or um Daniel Calm's kind of stuff, which is like is so short and so inconsequential, but like it still gets a giggle. You know what I mean? And then like yeah, there is Tim, there are Tim uh, Key, especially because he's the the one I've read. Uh, Tim Key's uh, poetry and stuff is, is absolutely fantastic. And it's exactly yeah. You can imagine that kind of coming about from just like they go on the piece of paper, and then like you know you, you build up a collection of those. You can kind of go, oh, that's quite good actually. And you say you were talking about doodles a while ago, so I just yeah, just start 
like just get a piece of paper and go like yeah, just start drawing yeah just start drawing again that is something i do want to do uh you know and i think um uh, I mean, it's also it's also very easy for me to say this. Like, I'm not applying these principles to myself, but like, I was going to say at some point, I think I will have to look into getting Photoshop, and uh, maybe if you wouldn't mind giving me a quick tutorial, uh, that'd be a really good place, I think, for doodling because you can like, I do love pen and paper stuff, but I think with Photoshop, you can like, you know, there's, you, you could do so much more stuff. You know, as in, you don't physically need different colored pens. You know, with it being a program, you can like, yeah, exactly. Really I mean, there's come also up with some cool stuff. I mean, even just playing around with it and just like, even like cutting cutting images out of yourself and then putting in a different background is obviously going to be completely differently lit to the original photo of you or the background. <laughs> like <laughs> even that, even that kind of stuff is almost like, yeah, making, just start by making absolute crap. It's kind of like we talk, sort of telling back to films. Like it's sometimes if you, you know, you want to get back into something, it's like, just do like, do the crap bits of it. Like just, like just, just be bad at something. And I, I, I need to learn how to do it because I'm, find a failure as well well that's it I, with, well, yeah well that's it with me as well it's like you know I, I always say like oh i need to like start writing again and it's like well there's a really easy way to fix that you just do it <laughs> you know you just literally just yeah. write something down and you hey what do you know you're back into writing exactly I, I, this this bit i will i'm just saying as a this next bit i'm just saying as a joke just to to tie up this episode because i've got to the point where i need we I need to edit this. <laughs> need for tea. Oh, there's so much. And also, it's we. So far, this episode has seemingly just been an onslaught of misery. But whatever. We'll. we'll yeah. We, I mean, we, you could. We promise next week will be a lot way more upbeat, and we'll we'll do something irre- irreverent, and we'll uh we'll come up with a topic uh that isn't I mean, pi- this... that isn't pirates, but we'll be. I was just. just I was just going to say. Uh, you kind of remember that a bit because I was just going to say if you are stuck for something to do, you could always run away to sea. <laughs> thank you for listening everyone thank you everyone thank you. um yes <laughs>